KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. This is KYW News Radio In Depth. I'm Matt Leon. The American Rescue Plan is now law. President Joe Biden's $1.9 trillion package designed to help Americans as we continue to battle through the COVID 19 pandemic. There is a lot in this package. A lot, and we wanted to dig into it. So we caught up with Scott Deakle, Associate Professor and Chair of the Business and Economics Department at Ursinus College. Give a listen. So when we look at this bill in totality, $1.9 trillion or in that neighborhood, it seems to have a lot of features that we have become familiar with over the last year and the, the previous relief bills. Maybe the numbers are just different. I know the stimulus checks, the numbers are just different. But we a, a lot of the top-line things that we've seen before, we're seeing again, no? Yeah, that's right. It's kind of like a rerun, except on a big screen TV instead of a, a small 19-inch TV or something. So once again, we have stimulus checks, but... In comparison to previous bills, uh, they're much larger. I was looking at the numbers for a family of four with two parents and two children. A year ago, uh, with the March 2020 stimulus, that type of uh, household would have gotten $3,400. This time, they're getting $5,600. So there's there's a lot more money in those checks. There's also uh, an expansion of the child tax credit that's going to flow to a lot of households as well. Already, the government has a child tax credit of $2,000 per year per child, but now uh, it's going to be expanded to $3,600 per year for each child five years or younger and $3,000 a year for older children. You'll be able to take it with children up to age 17 now, whereas in the past it was only up to age 16. And what's most interesting, I think, is that the tax credit becomes refundable. And that's uh, an obscure term, but basically what it means is you can get the tax credit now, even if you're not paying taxes. So a lot of households that have very low or no income were not getting the child tax credit. And as a result, those households will be able to get you know, 3000 to $3,600 a year per child, uh, something they weren't able to have before. Another new thing in this package, though, that has not been in the others is aid to state and local governments. Uh, That was a big sticking point between Democrats and Republicans. While the Republicans were in control of Congress, they blocked it. But now that uh, Democrats have their slim majority, they were able to push that through. And so we'll get $350 billion in aid to state and local governments. A couple other things to take note of. The Affordable Care Act is being expanded Uh, primarily through increases in subsidies to folks who purchase their insurance through Affordable Care Act programs. So that means uh, folks who buy their insurance through uh, the Obamacare program are going to see much lower premiums for uh, another two years. And uh, unemployment insurance benefits, while those are one one thing that are smaller relative to last year, they're still substantial. Last year in the first major stimulus package, There was a federal supplement to unemployment insurance of $600 a week. Now those are at $300 a week. They'll be going through early September. So yeah, that $1.9 trillion, uh, it it goes a lot of different directions. And those uh, things on the list I just reviewed uh, account for a lot of it. I want to dig down on the the child tax credit because I find this one of the more fascinating things about this bill. When I think of a tax credit, I think of 
every February and March something that helps me get a bigger refund, but I don't think about it the rest of the year. Am I correct that with how this is structured, this is something where families with children will get a direct deposit from the government every month starting midsummer? Am I reading that correctly? That's the intention. We'll, we'll see how it all works out uh, if they can figure out all of the technical details. But the plan is to uh, have $300 per month for those families getting $3,600 a year uh, direct deposited into their accounts uh, based on the information on file about taxpayers, employers, and their uh, income too. So yeah, well, I know there was a lot of technical challenges with expanding the unemployment benefits last year. So I wouldn't be surprised if there were some challenges in the way of this as well, but that's the intention. And is that something that's eligible for people? Like, is it the same eligibility for as for the stimulus or, or is that not spelled out yet? Yeah, it, it corresponds to the eligibility for the stimulus. So if it's a family of four, the income limit uh, at which the uh, the income limit at which the additional benefits start to phase out is $150,000. So keep in mind, we were already getting $2,000 per child tax credits uh, before this bill passed. Um, and now we're having an additional $1,000 for those children five years of older or $1,600 additional if they're five years or younger. And uh, that additional benefit is going to phase out for a family of four with two parents at uh, $150,000 a year. In the case of a single parent household, that would start phasing out, I believe, at uh, maybe $75,000 per year. And this is interesting because, as once again, as I read it, it would be something that would start around July but end in December. Mm-hmm. But you and I have talked on and off the air over the last year. Once a benefit's put in place, people get used to it quickly. Right. Could we look at this as maybe the first, maybe not even the first, but a step towards universal basic income, something that's uh, getting talked about more and more in this country? Uh, Absolutely. I I think this may be the first step on that path, and it'll be interesting to see where that heads because this is not generally the way Americans think of themselves or their economy. But uh, perhaps the crisis and the last two stimulus packages have shifted uh, public opinion on the matter. This this child tax credit, the increase in it, uh, will really change things. And and more importantly, the the conversion to make it a refundable credit where uh, households that aren't paying taxes get it too. There's estimates that this would cut child poverty in half. Another way to look at it is for the lowest earning 20% of households, uh, it'll pr- provide a boost of 20% in their after-tax income. That's going to make a difference in uh, a lot of families' lives. And that would be a difference I think they're willing to uh, vote for when it comes to representation in the House of Representatives and the Senate. I-, I could see people really enjoying this and asking their legislators to keep it up in the future. So we'll, we'll see what happens uh, come late fall, early winter, when this starts to look like it's going to phase out. Maybe there will be uh, a renewal of it into next year and beyond. The state and local government aid, and as you mentioned, this is something that's been on the table really, I think, for a year now, mm-hmm. that, that since uh, everything went sideways because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. This is another thing. This is... This is big because we've done all we've heard all kinds of stories about all these government agencies, these these municipalities that have these incredible 
budget deficits. And <laughs> unlike the federal government, all these budgets have to be balanced. And in mm-hmm. a lot of cases, this money takes care of that. It eliminates the need for any kind of job or service cuts. And mm-hmm. once again, this is big. Yeah. To me, this is one issue that's only gotten more complex since last year. Last year, I think we talked about this maybe over the summer. And in my view, it looked like a pretty obvious thing that we would need to supplement state and local governments for lost tax revenue uh, and higher spending during this crisis. And I think at the local government level, I think it's still pretty clear that that's the case, uh, especially for, for large center cities like Philadelphia. Those cities have taken a real hit because they relied on commuters from the suburbs to come in every day to work, spend their money at restaurants, and uh, possibly pay some income tax. And they, they've lost a lot of that as a result of this. Uh, that type of uh, tax revenue has uh, stayed in the suburbs as a result. But at the state level, the, the picture really has gotten a lot murkier. There's uh, a report in the Wall Street Journal earlier this week showing that uh, the majority of states, uh, their tax revenue compared to last year is uh, about the same or higher. Uh, and the states that have been hardest hit tend to be states that rely on tourism or oil, uh, both of which took a bit hit, big hit in this crisis. So from a revenue standpoint, a lot of states are, are doing about as well as they did in the past. Uh, in the case of Pennsylvania and New Jersey, they took uh, a one or two percent hit in revenues, um, and Delaware is actually a little bit up in revenues. And, and and you wonder why? Well, how did that happen? We were just through this really tough crisis, and it, it comes down to a few factors. Um, one is the capital gains tax. Uh, a lot of states uh, collect taxes on. Uh, increases in stock prices, and the stock market rallied, and uh, a lot of people made money off of it and are paying taxes. Another item is that uh, states tend to rely on uh, folks from the upper brackets of the income distribution for most of their income tax revenue. Uh, That's certainly the case in New Jersey. Uh, In Pennsylvania, we have a flat tax, so that's not so much the case. But folks with higher incomes tended to keep their jobs. They could work from home, and uh, they continue to get the benefits uh, from the income tax at the state level. So, you know, at the state level, I think the, the situation's not as dire as it seemed it would be last year. Um, I think at the local level, uh, we still got a lot of issues. And, and I'll throw in one other complicating factor, which is that for, for a lot of states, they did make some cuts. And so even though their overall budget picture might be better, there, there may be a lot of reason to restore some of those cuts. So uh, I think the, the debate over this um, $350 billion in state municipal aid, um, it, it's a fairly complex debate. And I, I think probably on the whole, it's going to help the situation, but it's entirely possible that there's some money that uh, is going to some state governments that don't need it that much. You mentioned the Affordable Care Act, the money that will increase subsidies, lower premiums for people. Can you kind of dig into that? And you you mentioned when Republicans had all three branches, they took their best swing mm-hmm. at getting rid of affordable, the Affordable Care Act. They failed. Mm-hmm. Between yeah. that, between this, this re- I mean, as much as it had already taken root, mm-hmm. this is going to be here forever now. Like this, I can't imagine anybody trying to... to make a run to repeal this anymore. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it seems like Obamacare is, is here to stay. Um, there's about 14 million 
people who get their insurance on the individual market through the ACA. And now they're going to have much lower payments for that. Uh, I think that will make the program much more popular. And uh, control of the Congress swings in two years. Uh, that probably won't be at the top of the Republicans' priorities to, to end that one. Um, I think the, the overall safety net provided by that is uh, going to stick in a lot of people's minds over time. What are your concerns about debt and deficits? I mean, we've talked about mm-hmm. a lot of things that are going to help a lot of people right now. Mm-hmm. But this is a lot of money that we're just printing. Should we be concerned about that? Or is that something that can be dealt with with the you know, prudent economic policy down the road kind of once we're through this completely? Um, I think a lot depends on uh, whether or not all of the spending makes us more productive as a country. It's kind of dry and abstract, but government borrowing uh, can repay itself if it's directed in ways that makes the country more productive. So, you know, taking a look at how some of this money is being directed, it, it, it comes into an interesting question that economists have been studying a lot over the last 20 years or so. And that is whether alleviating poverty makes uh, a country more productive. Uh, there's uh, some who would say that if you have a, a very strong social safety net that disincentivizes work, uh, that's going to tend to make a country less productive. But there's uh, also been a lot of research to, that finds evidence that uh, folks who are under the stress of poverty uh, tend not to be as productive for a variety of reasons. Um, you know, you don't focus as much at work if you're worried about your finances at home. Uh, if you're in a, a, a community with high levels of poverty, uh, there tends to be a, a number of stressors that uh, come into your life. And all of those things can affect uh, the types of jobs you get, the type of education you get, and just how productive you are as a worker. So, so some economists argue that if we uh, can really make a serious dent in poverty and the types of stresses that it brings, uh, over the long run, the, the children who are growing up today uh, might become much more productive workers tomorrow. And if they do that, then uh, the spending on those programs today uh, is actually an investment that will pay us benefits years down the road. If we get those benefits years down the road, it's going to be easier to pay off that debt uh, in in 10 or 15 years uh, when a lot of the bills for it come due. When we've talked about this bill in its totality, we kind of dig down, you know, we talk about the child tax credit and, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't know if it's possible for 1.9 trillion to ever be laser focused on anything, but this really seems to target the people that haven't just been hit hard by the pandemic, but but have maybe just been in the lower rung overall. And this really does seem to at least give an opportunity on paper to, to make a real, tangible, day-to-day difference in millions of people's lives. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, it's not just those in poverty. It's those you might call lower middle class. Uh, honestly, even those like I consider myself who are in the middle class, um, I, I added up the amount of money my family of four is getting from the stimulus. It's $11,400 over the course of the year. I mean, that's, that, that makes a difference for us. Um, 
And so we're, we're going to be able to do some things we hadn't planned on being able to do. Um, so, so yeah, it, it could, it could really make a big difference in, in a way that it's, it's hard to remember uh, a government program or, or a government bill making that much of an economic difference in, in a while, um, you know, possibly going back to like the, the great society programs uh, in the sixties. Yeah, that was I, my, I, my next question. I mean, who we got to see how it, but this has a chance to at least be in that conversation. Great society, New Deal, things that kind of fundamentally change the economic structure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I, I, I suppose you could argue that the various tax cuts we've had over time uh, have made uh, some kind of difference, but I, I, I think, like relative to the size of the income of the people receiving those tax cuts, uh, it, it, those don't seem as big. Uh, but when you look at giving uh, a household that has income of less than ten thousand dollars a year, uh, you know, an additional three thousand dollars per child for that household, that's you know, we're talking a thirty to fifty percent or more boost in income, and that uh, will really make a difference. And we talk about the thing like the stimulus, you know. They're talking about that hitting bank accounts this weekend. I mean, we're going to see that immediately. But we've already seen fallout from this bill. Just in the idea, like, wasn't it American Airlines that said, I think, 13,000 furloughs? Nah, we're good. Don't worry about it. This money's coming. It'll take care of it. Right. I feel like that news like that tends to perpetuate itself. And it, as far as how people look at an already popular bill and you hear stuff like that before the ink's dry on the president's signature – uh, that makes a difference in how things are perceived, no? I, I agree. You know, headlines, like even though those airlines are a small fraction of the economy, to, to see that an airline's keeping tens of thousands of workers on board, uh, it makes people feel better about the future. Um, and, and from what I understand, uh, President Biden really took to heart uh, what happened after the stimulus uh, when he was vice president uh, under Obama. And that was a stimulus package that a lot of the public really never bought into, uh, never seemed to gain traction. And uh, it, from what I read with this one, he's going to go out on the road and, and sell it. And um, I, I think that together with just the idea that it already seems to be a fairly popular package is uh, going to build some momentum for uh, making some of the programs in it permanent. And I'm going back to that stimulus, I think one, I mean, in I all, most of the people I've talked to agree that it wasn't big enough, and that's why the recovery was so mm-hmm. s- slow. But it didn't have things like direct pain, you know, like it things mm-hmm. that people tangibly can point to. Um, I would think that's got to be a big difference, right? It, yeah. Even though it's money into a program, stuff like that, it's not money in people's pockets. Yeah, yeah, this is putting way more money in people's pockets, which um, I think influences the popularity. From, from an economic standpoint, I'll, I'll say a, a difference between this situation and the last situation is the type of recession we have. The, the great financial crisis was a financial crisis, and it resulted in a big shortage of loanable money. Um, and as a result, there was just a lot less lending, which our economy and most modern economies thrive on. Um, and that kind of lending didn't recover for years. And that left this kind of overhang that 
really it was hard for any kind of stimulus program to work through. Whereas this recession is just because of a, well, I shouldn't say just because of, but because of a, a different shock. It was because of a public health crisis that led to a, a shutdown of the economy, but the financial system held up. You can thank the Federal Reserve and other central banks for a lot of that. You can thank the stimulus package for some of that. But, you know, this, this crisis wasn't a result of bad lending. And the financial system isn't going to be struggling for the next five years as a result of this crisis like it was after the great financial crisis. And so I think that is also going to make this stimulus package uh, have a much stronger impact than the last one did, too. So I, I think that's going to be a big factor helping things out. And do you think while there's going to be discussions whether to extend the child tax credit, and but do you think this is the last large bill that will be kind of pushed as a COVID relief bill uh, of anything of this size? Do you think if we have anything, do you think we'll have anything more? And this is assuming we proceed on a relatively clear recovery to normalcy or do you think we might in a few months see another bill not this big but with uh, many of the same uh, bells and whistles in it if we stay on the trajectory we're on with the pandemic it's hard for me to imagine getting enough support to pass something like this there there's some moderate swing votes in congress uh, that took some um, persuading to get on board with this and I, I think if we'd stay on the path we're on now, they would not be pulled back in. What I think we could see coming up are another debate on the minimum wage, maybe at a reduced level, not $15 an hour, but maybe something lower or something uh, adjusted according to the cost of living in different regions. I, I also expect to see a big push for an infrastructure package that in dollar value could match this one. But it wouldn't be a stimulus relief. It would be more of a bill to say, hey, let's take advantage of low interest rates and let's address a lot of shortcomings our country has in terms of its uh, roads, railroads, ports, and internet, and see if we can do something to make ourselves a, a much more productive country over the next couple of decades. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio In Depth. You can listen and subscribe to the podcast on the radio.com app or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon.